But what I've discovered during my healing journey is what worked for me when I was 29 might not necessarily work for me right now when I'm 43. Mm -hmm. I'm in a completely different phase of my life. And I think it's really important for people to acknowledge the different phases of life that they're in and the different reasons, different seasons, your body is ever evolving. Hi everyone and welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where we are determined to keep you at your superpowered self. Joining me today is Jesse Golden, and we're going to talk about something that maybe is on your mind, aging. So many women tell me in the exam room that they are feeling tired or fatigued or gaining weight or don't look the same because they are simply getting too old. And it frustrates me. I've written about it. I'm like, no, we can't let that be the excuse. So hopefully Jesse is here to clear up the confusion around that. She's a devoted mother, a model, a Hatha yoga teacher, a holistic health practitioner, author, and creator of the golden secrets. Jesse has used her multifaceted career as a platform to inspire and empower people all over the world. Her accomplishments began at an early age when as a child, she was a ballerina and her mother's dance studio after putting the debilitating disease rheumatoid arthritis into remission through natural methods she has established herself as a face of hope in the health and fitness industry she continues to thrive despite her diagnosis she started the golden secrets to share the products tools and tips that she acquired both from her journey back to health and through her life experiences welcome to the show jesse thank you so much for having me we're thrilled to have you here. And I can't imagine a ballerina having rheumatoid arthritis. How does that happen or work? What happened there? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I always say rheumatoid arthritis has been one of my greatest teachers. Um, and, you know, I used my body my entire life more than most as a ballerina. So I was very in tune with my body. But um, something that you learn on a negative side, which I learned could be negative is when you're a ballerina or any kind of athlete, you're kind of learned to ignore your body's signals mm -hmm. and push through. And I think that I went undiagnosed for longer than I should have, and probably mm -hmm. done more damage to my body because my mentality being so strict and regimen was to just push through and, right. and keep going. And, you know, those voices and those little ailments just kept getting, getting bigger and bigger until I had no choice, you know, but to listen. Goodness gracious. So how old were you when you were diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis? Yeah. So I was 29 years old. Okay. I, before I was diagnosed, I thought that I was the epitome of health. I yeah. was viewed as the epitome of health. I really thought that I was bulletproof. I, I'm not a vegetarian now, but I had become a vegetarian at age 10, which was very unusual. I was mm -hmm. always kind of on the forefront of holistic health. I was very mm -hmm. interested as a kid, like in holistic health and different modalities that were natural, anything that was like natural. Um, I gave birth at home naturally. Yeah. I fed, I, I did all the holistic things. And then slowly my body started giving me signs. My son was four when I finally got diagnosed, but 
again, I was a single mom. I was breastfeeding. Mm. I was working, you know, like Lenny, many mothers like doing right. a million things. So I kind of always had a reason or an excuse as to why I didn't feel my best. So I always kind of let it, you know, go on longer than I probably should have. And eventually I got diagnosed, uh, when I was 29, when you were 29. So were you dancing through this whole, through your twenties too? No, I transitioned into yoga. I'm also okay. a hatha yoga teacher. I transitioned into yoga in my twenties. Um, so I was actively practicing yoga. I was actually getting my yoga certification when I got diagnosed, which was one of the most humbling experiences, mm. um, because I had relied on my body so much my entire right. life. Right. And, um, even before, you know, stepping into my yoga teacher certification, I could do all the poses and all the right. things because of my ballet background but I did want to dive deeper into the other limbs of yoga. There's eight limbs of yoga and asana. The postures is just one of them, but literally day one of me walking into this four month teacher training, my body completely shut down and it just progressively got worse. So I had to ask my teachers, you know, could I remain in this class if I can't physically do the postures? And of course, being yogis, they were like, of course, as long as you're here, but that was really one of the first humbling experiences, but also greatest lessons, because had I been able to rely on my body, like I always did, which was very ego driven. Now, when I look back at it, like that was how I, um, um, viewed myself. It's how I expressed myself and it was my power place. And then all of a sudden I had to sit on the sidelines. None of my peers ever saw me really practice yoga. And I had to, I had no choice, but to dive into the other aspects of yoga, um, and sit very uncomfortably with myself and hmm. my thoughts and kind of re-examine like what's going on here. You know, right. why is this happening to me? Not, I mean, I think anybody that gets diagnosed with a debilitating disease or has a challenge in their life, there's always that moment of like, why me? But I quickly got out of that victim role because I knew that that could be very toxic. And I started going, why? Like deeper questions, like what's going on here? Like, why is this happening to me? Um, and look at, start looking at my life and maybe some of the choices that I was making. And really the bottom line is being kinder to myself. Hmm. And you know? so I hear that from so many people about how just treating yourself like your own child. Like, would you do this to your kid? Why are you doing this to yourself? You know, so, oh, true. Exactly. Um, so that's fascinating. But what got you better? Like what got, I mean, I work with RA patients all the time, you know, and they each have their own story and their own journey. What do you think got, got you better as you yeah. kind of walk through this disease? I mean, there's not one thing, you know, I wish yeah. I could say, you guys, you just got to stop the nightshades and the sugar, and right. but you know, that's not the case. Um, what I discovered through my own health journey and that I'm still discovering, because I like to say that I'm thriving with rheumatoid arthritis. I still have it, but it's, yeah. it's there. I just choose to, um, use it as my teacher and it really keeps me in line. But what I've discovered during my healing journey is what worked for me when I was 29 might not necessarily work for me right now. And when I'm 43, mm -hmm. I'm in a completely different phase of my life. And I think it's really important for people to acknowledge the different phases of life that they're in and the different reasons, different seasons, your body is ever evolving. And, um, 
for example, I stopped being a vegetarian because my body was eventually craving, you know, more nutrient dense animals for years. I ignored those body signals because I stood such a stance as being a vegan and a vegetarian. And I just wouldn't allow myself to go back on my word. But, um, I think being open to new modalities, whether it's your diet or as woo-wah-wee-wah as you want to get, you know, energetically stress levels play a huge factor with autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, there's not just one thing. Um, I think remaining open and adaptable and listening to your body's biofeedback, like when you eat certain foods or when you hang out with certain people or when you push yourself too hard in work or when you push yourself too hard in working out or whatever it is, really listen to your body and then just give it more of what it likes. And it's pretty amazing. Well, it responds, <laughs> it right? Responds. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I think that's incredible. So when you talk about the golden secrets, right. And the golden secrets club, talk to us about that. What, what are you hiding from everyone? What's, what's going on? What's going on over here? So what so, is it that we should be paying attention to, you know, when it comes to health and aging and all of these things that we get so worried about? Yeah. So I, my last name is golden and okay. you know, I would say, I don't know. It probably started in my late twenties where people would say, what's your golden secret. So they kind of gave me this name, right? You know? I love it. So I started a blog called the golden secrets. It was kind of in line with when I was diagnosed with RA. And then I, you know, I went down the path, the natural path. um, And then eventually went down the holistic path where I started feeling better. And, you know, I don't like to use the word heal healed, but, you know, really recovered and went into remission at that point in my life. But I felt called to start sharing this wisdom. This was, you know, 13, 14 years ago where we didn't have Instagram. We didn't have right. as many things on YouTube. Right. And um, a lot of people were actually sending me messages on MySpace. I'm going to age myself right oh now. Oh my gosh, MySpace. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on MySpace. Yeah. And they were asking me like, what are you eating? What are you doing? Yeah. How did you feel better? You know, because I went through a phase where I was basically bedridden for a year of my life at the worst point with rheumatoid mm-hmm. arthritis. I was like the Tin Man. It was like everything was broken, my entire body. Um. And I started just sharing things that worked for me. And I realized that people like were craving this and people were craving to hear it from somebody that had been through it. So then I kind of started sharing um, all different things. Like I was a single mother and how things I was doing with my son, raising my son and spirituality and yoga. And then it started to fold over into beauty. People wanted to know what I was using on my skin. And at that time there wasn't, talk like there is now it was bet- it was be- way before the green beauty movement mm-hmm. and um i had already made that connection through my ma- macrobiotic counselor this woman who was helping me heal and she made me aware of like everything you're putting on your skin it's your largest organ which many of us know now but i started when you have a chronic disease you really start to look at everything right what you're putting on your skin what's in your house, what's in your environment, like what you're doing on a daily basis, because I've discovered, um, that I'm, I'm, I'm really sensitive. Um, so I just started sharing tools and eventually those golden secrets turned into an entire skincare line. Now mm, I have an I entire skincare line, mm. but I still share on my blog, golden secrets and everything is really based. If I could summarize it in 
organic beauty, um, mother nature, ancient mm-hmm. wisdom, and really leading people to tune in and guide and, and listen to their own inner wisdom and their own guidance um, from within. Like even, even my, my, my products come with affirmations to encourage you to have like these moments of yeah. love and, you know, especially women, like when we put our, you know, do our makeup or we look in the mirror, we're always pointing out the negative the flaws, right? The flaws. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, how, what would happen if we took that moment to say, I am beautiful. I am glowing. I am radiant. I am worthy. And just start to kind of rewire mm-hmm. that brain. Um, and, you know, I feel like you can spot those people a mile away. It has nothing to do with how many wrinkles they have or don't have, or, you know, they have this inner radiance and glow that exudes from the inside out. Um, so that's kind of what I try. And I always say it's like going beyond the skin, like, yes, Mm -hmm. organic beauty and mother nature, but can we take that moment and really do the work? And so for many women out there who are listening, you know, life gets in the way, you know, there's just a lot going on on any given day, any given moment, you had a child to it. You had two, you had three, you had four, you had parents, animals, spouses, partners, whatever. It's just, it's just, it's constant. So how, how do we find those moments? How have you been able to find those moments with everything you were going through? Is there a routine or a ritual you sort of stick to? Are there non-negotiables that you have, you know, just for the woman's sitting somewhere listening and being like, that sounds amazing, but how do I do it? You know, what would you say to them? Well, I realized as a single mother that I am no good at all. If I don't take care of myself, Yeah, because I've gone down the road of completely ignoring my own self and destroying myself. And then I'm no good. So making an appointment, exactly like you said, non-negotiable, making an appointment with yourself every single day, like you would any other appointment and giving mm-hmm. as much respect as you would any other person and give that self, you know, give that time to yourself. And you could do micro, like I do micro rituals throughout the day where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to go outside with my coffee and open my eyes to the sky and get some sun or touch my feet to the ground or I'm going to do some gua sha tonight and do a little facial mask and give myself some love. But also for like moms that have like younger children, like you can incorporate your children in these. And I think by leading by example and teaching them that it's not selfish, we need to take care of ourselves. Like self-love is vital. It's, it's not something that we can do every once in a while. Our body will, um, you know, start giving us signals if we don't. So it's better to be proactive and just start taking care of ourselves. I think self-love is a form, it's a superpower, right? I mean, I think that when we ignore it, so it's been interesting observing the women before me in our family, right? Many of them, because they didn't have options, you know, made those sacrificial lamb choices, right? Like I'm doing this for you. I'm doing it for the family. I'm you know, whatever choices they made, but it's the model that they probably saw, right? A generation prior to that. But what happens is that you walk away. I've watched these women, you know, in our family, older women walk away angry and resentful and not in their full expression of their power. And it has nothing to do with age. It has to do with choices and the inability to say, this is what I need and this is what I want. And these are the things I'm going to go after. And 
a lifetime of those add up. And I think it really does create, you know, uh, a resentment and anger that, that you can't take back sometimes. So I think that, you know, so many women think that they're selfish, they're neglecting their families, they're neglecting their husbands or their spouses or whoever. And it's really hard they have a lot of guilt. I remember talking to a woman who I'm like, well, why don't you have someone help you drive your children to school? Oh, the women in our family don't do that. You know? So, you know, so it's just those type of things that many of us have been raised with, or we believe in that ultimately make us sick, you know? And I think that we've got to figure out a way around that. So I love that, like a non-negotiable appointment with yourself. I think micro rituals. I haven't actually heard that term before. I like that term a lot. I just made that up. But- I love it. Micro rituals. I was thinking that I was like, that is brilliant because yes, it's the tiny little things you do all day long that bring joy to you as you move through whatever it is you're supposed to do. You know, so for me, it'd be drinking tea. Like I look forward to my morning tea and my afternoon tea. You know, those are my micro rituals that I just can't wait, whatever exercise routine, but there's something I do that I look forward to like every single day, but those are ways to express self-love to you. And I agree with you. Like if we're not taking care of ourselves, then we're going to be those angry, resentful people. And who wants to be around that? You end up pushing everybody away and nobody wants to be around you, you know, so such important work. And then you have a book too. And I know we're getting close to time. So I want to talk about your book, the golden secrets to optimal health. Tell me a little bit about uh, what you put in your book and, and what the purpose of the book is. Yeah. Simultaneously, when I was starting my blog, I was realizing that I needed to get write this book. It was like a download that I had. And um, what I love so much about this book is I definitely share my personal story in the beginning, but then I kind of walk you through all the different modalities. A lot of them are more common now, but when I originally wrote the book, they're very holistic. I even get into color therapy and crystal therapy and sound therapy which still isn't talked about that often, mm-hmm. um, but very basic things like diet. And, and I have um, reflection pages where I ask you questions so you can specifically find out what is going to be good for you. I like looking into your heritage, where your ancestors are from, what um, where you live, what grows in season, where you live, what ailments you have, any allergies, your blood type, your dosha looking into all of those different yeah. things, because I think everybody's different, you know, as far as diet. Um, and I share all different kinds of tinctures and, and, uh, and, and reflection pages, the whole book leads you to dive in to your own knowingness and mm-hmm. get those questions. Um, so it's one of, I always say my book was my second child. Cause it was, it, I always say yeah, that too. I always say that it's like having a kid. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was tough, tough birth. Yeah. It was probably even tougher. Um, but it's one of my, my, you know, favorite things to, to be able to offer the world. That's amazing. Well, if anyone listening today wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? I'm most um, social on Instagram at Jesse Golden, but I have all the platforms, Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest and all that stuff. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out today to share your story and your healing journey. I hope it inspires somebody else listening or watching to really begin their own. And for everyone watching and listening today, thank you for staying tuned during this episode of Superwoman Wellness. Remember you can rate and review it and share it with your friends. I will see you guys next time.